now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Andy Shilton. And I'm Lara Lanamy. On today's show, we talk to Luke, a neurodynamics student who's part of the Inclusive Research Collective. Plus, Hadaya talk about Chan's Day of Remembrance. Uh, all that and more in the, right, uh, in the next hour, right hour, in the next hour, right <laughs> here on Shout Out. <laughs> Dum, 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 dum. Who does that when I'm not here? <laughs> uh, standardly me, oh, all of us. You I can't know. take it. No, well, no it's, it's okay. I just you loan it to me. Okay, thank okay. you. I patented it out. <laughs> yeah. to you. I know you didn't know you loaned it. No, I didn't. But thank I you. didn't even approve this. But you, you have know, now. It's branded and now it's sent to you. <laughs> oh, hello. Copyrighted. Hello. Don't do that. I just borrowed it from Andy. Well, I was going <laughs> to say that jingle. That jingle has been in the backing since I think before you joined us. So um, yeah. How long ago was that? Now four years, right? Uh, well, the jingle's been going about eight. Oh, and how long is... How old is Shout Out? Uh, Eleven and a half. Ooh, getting up there, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Wee's old now. Wee's is old. Which is yeah. why I can't wait to bring some new people around. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Did you okay, notice no? in the script that Andy had a word that was over four letters? I'm impressed. <gasps> you oh, are so bad. horrible. What do you mean? <laughs> I know he spelled my name wrong, but that's all the only thing I can say. Neural dynamics student. Oh, we did yeah, it again. I, I, was, I was surprised because I was like, I know, I know Luke to study. Um Oh God, neuroscience. I didn't know it was neurodynamics. See, she can do it too. It's not just me. Is it? Is it what is it? What is it? What's what? Well, you can. Well, we're going to be speaking to him in a minute. Minute. Wow. I know. I know. But we'll ask I'm not him. asking what he's doing, but okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> we can when he comes on. Yes. So, so how's your week been? Neural. Brains. Neural, yeah, neural. Mm. Should have done that on Halloween. Really, if I could do we? anything, because actually, I'd like to say to everyone out there, um, happy LGBT plus STEM Day. Um, I'm a queer person in STEM. So no, wanna, you're yeah. queer. <gasps> I don't know Shocker. if I, I want to stay on air now. I know. How will my mum survive? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. Seriously, happy, happy LGBT plus QIA. Are you going to explain what STEM is for those that don't know? Uh, Mm, do I want to? Yes, I do. Um, so, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, cool. and sometimes medicine, if they're feeling so STEM pretty. And I thought, I thought, um, it, I thought it changed to steam now as well. Okay, in some places. so I prefer steam, but like the day is still called LGBT STEM plus STEM day. Right. So, um, what is it? An E or an A that makes up steam? So the oh, A, the A, the A, A is art because art. to be fair, science is art and art is science. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? To me, um, as an artist and a scientist, so I love both. I don't see why we have to separate the two. You They're just love everything. Simple. I really yeah. do. I really, really do. Um, <laughs> but more on that later. Including the gym. <laughs> oh God, no. Okay, so like my training session was horrible. Um, I do love training, um, but do you I, love the beginning and the end? Um, I love pumping the metal. Like isn't I just like getting. I like, do you know, my mum's always saying on this thing, like, oh, when you finish, you feel so great. I'm like, when I finish, I feel disgusting. Like, I feel like a sweaty, <laughs> do you not feel horrible a, a, mess. That you've had made an achievement. Had no, an achievement. the best part is when you have a shower and you wash off and you feel like an angel. So have you had a shower? 
Do you know the bit I love the most? Okay. The bit I love the most is she went, oh, that's a, a long top of show we've got coming. What are we going to talk about? And it's like, I'll give you one word and you're off. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, why, would you, why would you have me here if I couldn't just keep on talking? <laughs> that's what we like so, to do on radio. Anyway, for the, for the quiet ones, hello, Terry. Hello. Oh, he hi, is Terry. here, see. Hello. hello Terry's hello. being very pensive in the left hand Very corner. pensive. Yeah. Pensive, that's a big word for you. <laughs> <laughs> Come then, Lara. Explain, explain what pensive means. It means looking serious it, into the distance. To be in thought. Thought. It means what Terry's doing in the corner. Oh, in the corner where I belong. What, what, you think, in, what are you thinking about then, Terry? Stuff under the stairs. <laughs> what, like you Harry know, Potter? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, in Harry Potter, they have the pensive, which is where Dumbledore takes his memories out and places them for later because he, to, yeah. to, to release what he's been thinking about. Yeah. Oh, that's you're welcome. Linguistics. You know, science. Isn't it 20 years since the first movie? Don't Nearly. Say, don't um, say that. Don't say I that. At least. It's been gone, I think. All right. So you've got old news. Well, I mean, Daniel Radcliffe is my age, I think. Maybe about two years younger. A push. Oh, sugar pump fairy. I thought he was older than 18. 18. <laughs> and, and he's really cool, as indeed all the cast of that set of films are, even though the writer of them is, as we know, you know, a bit transphobic. <laughs> they're, they're all really cool. Oh, Emma Watson and Daniel Radcliffe. Is she now who, the name who, the person she's, who can't she's, be named? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, Umbridge. Umbridge. She's she's now the, okay. The person who can't be named. I'm happy we with that. We can't say the whole name because she'll appear. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Can't so be we really that. will want Especially not this week. Especially <laughs> no. not this week. Um, we want to hold it open for trans people, not not her. Anyway, exactly. it is um, it is uh, LGBT plus STEM day. So uh, going back to our point, um, uh, happy uh, STEM day to you. Um, and uh, <laughs> we'll try and make sure that Luke can get a word in anyway <laughs> later on, so we can find out a bit I'll more about it. I'll have you know, I want to know a lot about Luke and not yeah. more about myself. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I want to know more about STEM and... <laughs> That's you? about you. He was going to yeah. say. Well, that. you're also a queer person in STEM, gay man in yeah, STEM. Kind of, so you're yeah. also one of us. So yeah, technology. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean technology? The te- science, technology, engineering. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I had to think which one it was. That was why. Oh wow. Okay, fair, 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 fair. We love an acronym. <laughs> so, oh, well, I, I, I tend to class STEM more as the learning side because that's when you see it, see, uh, not when you're actually yeah, out and working. Yeah. But I mean, it's everything. Everyone, like I would even say, like electricians, like people that mm. wouldn't classically be called part of STEM. They are. Like I had an ex that. She she was an electrician and I the, the amount she needed to know about electricity was basically it was and science maths, isn't it? and so mathematics much. and yeah. like trying not to like electrocute herself like it's it's and plumbers like learning trying about not to electrocute herself I, I hope mean, she, she wasn't electrocuted again she did try you know sometimes you miss but yeah no so, hopefully she didn't so cool well we'll be finding out about that shortly um, but news is up next so stay with us you're listening to Shout Out back in a minute Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Uh, that's uh, Becky Hill and Topic. She's been doing well and since X Factor. The uh, song's called uh, My Heart Goes. I like that one. It's a, a bit of a tune, and yeah. yeah. bit of a tune. Yeah. Bit of a tune. Yeah. You know what that is? A bit of a tune. Well, you see, I knew that. A whole tune, but a bit of a tune. 
I knew Lara was on this week. I have to be very careful with song choices when Lara's on. Oh, you should be, yeah. yeah. I've, I've four years haven't taught you anything. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I will come for you, Andy. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, be brave. Be I afraid. did wonder why you were holding a really sharp stick. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. always. I mean, he does look a bit intimidating. Wakanda forever. Also, ready to poke you. <laughs> okay, off air. Uh, carried on. Uh, shall we get some news headlines? <laughs> This is Shout Out News Headlines on Thursday, 18th of November. UK Disability History Month takes place from today, 18th of November. Unlike LGBTQIA History Month and Black History Month, this initiative is not yet formally recognised by government in the UK and there is a petition urging MPs to do just this. The theme for 2021 include hidden impairments and sex and relationships. With respect to the latter, the organisers of the History Month note that the situation has improved Proved radically in recent years, but that the forced segregation, sterilisation and eugenic policies of the past still echo today. This year, History Month places an emphasis on the full humanity of disabled people, and this includes the right to relationships and sexuality. For more details and further reading, the excellent coordinating page of UK Disability History Month is linked to at our website. Atheists and secular campaigners have welcomed news from Spain, where the Supreme Court, the Superior Court of Justice in Madrid, have struck down the dismissal of a technician working at a Catholic broadcasting station. The man had been dismissed for writing a supportive review of a film in which Jesus of Nazareth is depicted as being gay. According to media affairs website RadioReporter.org, the court struck down the man's dismissal and ordered back wages to be paid because in Spain there is no obligation for an employee to adhere to the ideology of their employer. ITV has prepared a heart-wrenching but also deeply human documentary now available on its hub which deals with the very beginning of the AIDS crisis in the 1980s. With interest in properly remembering those who died from AIDS now back in the spotlight, the makers of the ITV documentary felt that it was time to trace the very first man to die from AIDS in the United Kingdom. His name was John Eady who was 49 in October 1981 when he passed on. By cross-referencing hospital records with medical reports, the programme makers found Mr Edie's legacy and traced friends and family, making sure it was okay with them that his story should be told. Now, Mr Edie never knew what killed him. Indeed, the medical establishment didn't either, as there were only a handful of whispers then coming out of the States about a strange assemblage of illnesses afflicting IV drug users and gay men in major cities. Speaking of the events of the 80s, all these years later, many of Mr Edie's friends spoke of the trauma of living as a gay man through those years. But, like all of those who lived and died in that era, theirs is a story that is part of our shared LGBTQIA heritage and deserves to be told. It's Children in Need Week in the UK and many LGBTQIA plus people will be involved in fundraising for the cause, which is administered by an independent trust which allocates grants from the millions raised each year by the British public. All over the country, fundraising will be taking place and special programming will be going out on BBC, local and national radio and television through the day. If you're involved in fundraising, we wish you well and have fun. As we approach the 30th anniversary of his sad passing at the end of the month, many networks are preparing to pay tribute to the life and achievements of the bisexual Asian hero Freddie Mercury, the lead singer of acclaimed rock band Queen. 
Sky Arts has already broadcast the highlights of the tribute concert held in April 1992, which featured, among many others, Lisa Stansfield, Annie Lennox and Elton John. Next weekend, this weekend coming, Channel 5 looks back at Mercury through his own words in a series of rare interviews with the man himself from throughout his career. You can tune in at 9pm on Sunday evening. And finally, the team at Shout Out, the top LGBT plus magazine for the West and southwest of England and Wales, are now gaining new listeners in the Republic of Ireland, has issued its congratulations to Patrick Hart, who is the station manager of the Community Radio Channel on which the show originates, Bristol's multi-ethnic and multi-diverse station, BCFM. Mr Hart has been appointed to the management structure of the BBC regional station for the Birmingham and Wolverhampton Cornubation, which is known as Radio WM. Mr Hart indicated that he would continue to be involved in the general management of BCFM. Terry Starr, who co-founded the Shout Out magazine programme, said, Pat took over day-to-day running of BCFM in 2013, when we were still a very young programme. He has supported us, and we have expanded to work with a wider variety of radio stations, whilst encouraging the brand to keep its local West Country focus. Pat has always supported getting diverse voices onto the airway and has used BCFM as a shining example of what community broadcasting can achieve. LGBTQI plus people are an essential part of his vision and we wish him very well in achieving similar success with BBC Radio WM. For these news stories and many, many more, you can check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Ezra Peregrine and Terry Starr. Shout out news, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out podcast. Take That's uh, Linda Carter on a Take Me to the River. Mm-hmm. Dip me. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Of course you do. Yeah, that, that one was for Ez. She likes that. I nice. do like being taken to the water. It's very refreshing. <laughs> Why are you, you always like, you can, like you can take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Yeah, that is, that's yeah. a very good saying. Well done. Well done, Ez. Yeah, so even Black Beauty. Larry, Larry, Black Beauty. So I'm going to introduce our guests because I invited them here. Not to claim anything, but I'm very proud of myself. So I work at the University of Bristol. Well, I say work. I do a PhD at the University of Bristol in chemistry. And um, I know this fabulous person called Caroline McKinnon, who introduced me to the fabulous person who is Luke um, Bugetti. Bugetti. Yeah, Bugetti. Yeah. Cool. No, Bugatti. Bugetti. <laughs> Bugatti. Spaghetti. Yeah. Whatever, you know? I like. It's it. a bit like Lara, like you know. Um, <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> the read though. Okay. Anyway, um, and introduced me to Luke, and my life has been better ever since. I'm joking. Like, but it has been more bright. Likewise. Likewise. <laughs> but yeah, Luke. Do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us what you do and why you're here, because you're an LGBT plus ally. Um, so that's why I love and adore what you do. Yeah, so um, I'm also a PhD student at the University of Bristol. Um, I study neuroscience, so I kind of look at how uh, learning and memory happen and what happens when we sleep. Um, and kind of like Lara, well, I met Lara through Caroline and the work that we do together with the Inclusive Research Collective, which is a kind of effort to make STEM, but academia more generally, a more inclusive space. 
Oh, that's brilliant. And um, what has led on from that? So the Inclusive Research Collective started started after Black Lives Matter happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think a lot of things are when born. all the white people suddenly got a conscience. They were like, yeah, oh uh-huh. my God, racism yeah. exists. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was born out of that. And then came yeah. the Learning Forum. So was that, that was kind of, the Learning Forum was the kind of how I got into the Inclusive Research Collective. So myself and another PhD student wanted to do something that had some longevity and also kind of helped educate ourselves about some of the issues that we were starting to kind of hear about. Mm -hmm. And so that was the learning forum and that was a kind of monthly discussion group where we meet and chat and try and learn about some of these things that, yeah, we don't know so much about. So why, um, As obviously I'm going to let other people ask questions, but why do you think it's so necessary as an ally yourself to bring forward issues, especially in STEM, Mm. to do with the LGBT plus identity and gender and sexuality? Because... Mm. In STEM spaces, I can I've been there for eight years, and it's not often talked about. And mm-hmm. if it is talked about, it feels very uncomfortable. And there's a lot of tokenistic kind of gestures mm-hmm. that are done, uh, which I love. Okay, great, but there's the real change, insidious change, hasn't really happened yet. Do you feel that? And how? Why do you think it's so necessary? I think well, there's kind of two reasons why I think it's really important. I think. On, on the one hand, there's a kind of ethical, moral obligation, right? You know, we live in a world full of, you know, people of all different, you know, all different kinds of people. And we have a, a responsibility to make all the spaces that we occupy welcoming and inclusive. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, I think it's really important for the quality and the caliber of the science and the research that we do, yes. that we make sure that we're kind of getting diverse perspectives on that and also looking at the world in in different ways you know we don't just like go through one lens and that gives us the answer we have to kind of triangulate from all these different positions exactly Exactly. yeah yeah it's it's interesting the effect it has too you know i mean because if you don't think inclusive you can actually end up with things getting in a bit of a muddle i know Mm. some of the huge companies like google have got in really big trouble Mm -hmm. because things like their facial recognition um was terrible with people of color yeah um and i bet you any money it's because so much of the science was done without taking into account um all the diverse exactly diversity of uh, blind spots of like when you when you don't have a team that have all these different perspectives you're going to miss things obviously you Mm. know we're only human and we don't have you know we don't all hold all of this kind of knowledge so that's why it's so important that we get as many people with as many different experiences in i think and also we're part of the uk now we can actually i think we're at the stage where we can accept that there are people with diverse backgrounds like there are you would hope so yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, but like it feels like okay we've accepted that we exist now so now how do we improve the environment for them so for example um amber who's on our team is an amazing another amazing scientist Mm. she also alighted um alerted us to the fact that the cell lines that often are tested on um so for example um so we'll go for rats so the rats that were testing were mainly male mm-hmm. um, and they're not they don't even test on female rats so some of the the, the drug testing is predominantly done on males um, and so that's why some some certain things may affect females differently than they would expect um, and also a lot of the cell lines are, um, are based on Caucasian men mm. they're there's no diversity in some of the cell lines and a lot of scientists just take that at face value and they don't well it's like they take it at face value but or they don't even realise that that's what's going yeah, on right? and so don't. there's this real problem where you don't even know where your blind spots are let alone the fact that you're just ignoring them right exactly. so, so is, is that the point of kind of some of the stuff that you're doing then is to try and make people who wouldn't think through these mm-hmm. kind of things suddenly 
take a look back and think yeah. and you know start start to realize that actually we might need to look at this from a wider or different perspective absolutely yeah, a more diverse curriculum is yeah. a safer one especially in medical sciences For um sure. do you know do you know mind the gap where yeah, they started yeah, yeah, showing yeah. yeah so the different ways that like skin diseases present on different like skin tones and and the fact that some you know some very common skin diseases were being completely missed because doctors aren't being trained to recognize on them darker on skin, darker yeah. skin right yeah exactly well what do you so in the learning form you did um you invited the fabulous Travis Alabanza the love of um uh, well my love of poetry has come from them right, right. doing what they do um so yeah tell me a little bit about that race and gender kind of episode and yeah. what you've got coming next the learning form room. so that was our mo- that was our kind of final session of last year where we looked at um the intersection of race and the gender binary and that was i mean for me that was a, a an incredibly enlightening kind of process because i just i had no idea for one how you know ancient some of these identities are you know there's a i think there's a real perceived newness around trans and gender non-conforming identities and actually you know these people have been around as long as there are people um and also i think what was really i mean kind of harrowing but really informative was understanding about the way that enforcing strict you know sex binaries and gender binaries and and the relation that that has to race science and how that's been used as a tool to enforce you know white supremacy and how tied in these things are together and i think that really speaks to why it's so important to address these kind of issues in a holistic way and not just you can you can't just focus on one thing at a time because actually these things will feed together that's such a good point because so often in these conversations as you talk about race you talk about lgbt plus mm. you talk about disability there are people who are of uh, people of color who mm-hmm. are also queer or mm-hmm. have a different sexuality and also who have a disability and also other identities that make them marginalized mm. and i understand why people specify which ones because it's easier to tackle it seems but yeah the people like me who are intersectional feel like i have to divide myself up right. and that was something we really wanted to i think focus on in the learning forum was was not trying to isolate these issues and really look at the intersections because mm. often the intersections of those things are where I mean, for one, where we learn the most, but also where the most change is possible, I think. I agree, I agree. As do you feel that, with that, that it being intersectional really does play into, like, your life? Yeah, and I think it's really interesting what you're saying about things being separated, because that in itself is quite fascinating. Mm. So when people try to address topics, the way in which they do it kind of uh, reflects quite a lot on them or, you know, the group of people who are starting off this conversation. I think it's really important that the people who are part of the conversation and part of the people that start these groups also have people within those groups from all groups yeah mm. disability uk say nothing for us without us and i think yeah. that's a beautiful mm. saying because it really shows that like do not start a conversation about us if we aren't in the room if we're not at the table because then yeah. you haven't made space you're yeah. not being inclusive and you're not being part of the conversation and it can then it can start a problem before anything even has begun exactly and that's why like i think the learning forum is so excellent because i i presented at the learning mm. forum and it was such an excellent way of um kind of display well i i was race in academia and i really got to deep dive into like how race and academia have interlinked and it's so strange because the topic is so rich you can't cover everything um and you i did think quite that's, a good job of it though to i be think fair. but I, that's <laughs> why i think the stem being lgbt plus in stem is it's there's so much to cover mm. and it feels we're only really scratching the surface of it absolutely but you have to start somewhere 
you do know a hundred percent you do but i think the problem is is that they wait until people who are queer come in to start Mm. the conversation because they're like i don't know and i completely understand that as an ally but luke is an ally and he started the conversation about race without me that was one of the motivations i think for me and laura who who um set up and runs the learning forum with me um it's another phd student and it for us it was really about recognizing that okay like we can't just wait for for the people that this is affecting to come forward and start doing stuff like you know the responsibility lies with us who hold the power and the privilege and actually we need to be as much a part of driving that conversation and listening to the people who it affects so where can we find out about the um, inclusive research um, forum well no sorry inclusive research collective and the learning forum (laughs) I got them mixed up we've um, we've actually got a brand new shiny shiny new website I love it um courtesy of amber who we mentioned earlier but mm-hmm. um it's uh, inclusive rc mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah yep, yep. so go check it out give us a look yep and um also the learning forum it is a university thing but if you are happen to be listening from the university please just get in touch with us mm-hmm. um you can and if find you're us. not get in touch anyway yeah you know exactly we would love to hear from you um no matter what your identity is if you're in stem oh i'd love that too um but yeah thank you luke thank, thank you for so bringing your for whole me. self here thank you and your allyship it's been a lot of fun thank, thank you luke thank you guys the shout out podcast there you go it uh gets better with time there hannah that um, was my tune. That was your tune, yeah. Is this right? The group's called The Internet. Yeah, no, um, I, I chose it because it does get better with time. The STEM inclusion has got better with time, so... Mm. And I listened, because you recommended it, and I listened to that track, and I listened to the whole album. Oh, no, it's a beautiful <laughs> yeah. album. It's really smooth. Honestly, yeah. the, and it's queer, and I love mm. it, and she mm. talks about women, and I'm living. <laughs> so, you know, it's my favourite. Now, um, our next piece is from Hidaya, who you probably hear... Uh, quite regularly in our my five uh, slot uh, usually keeping us up to date on uh, all things um sort of being gay and muslim uh, this week though they're talking about um uh, some very serious subjects around um uh, trans day of remembrance um, and the like just as a warning this piece does contain references to um some very serious topics if you are struggling with any of them um uh, please do turn your set off or um remember people like the samaritans are available you can call on one one six one two three uh, any time of the day or night but uh, for now have a listen to this dear shout out radio listeners my name's Osman my pronouns are he him and I identify as a gay Muslim man I volunteer for an organisation called Hedaya this organisation supports LGBT plus Muslims in today's segment we have a guest speaker Uma who will talk about Trans Day of Remembrance I'd just like to start off by issuing a trigger warning We will be discussing topics of violence, rape, sexual abuse, police brutality, abandonment, murder, and death. Bismillah rahmani rahim. Assalamu alaikum, siblings. My name is Uma, and I'm here today to talk to you about the International Transgender Day of Remembrance. Hashtag TBOR. Briefly, I would like to say that I'm a 47-year-old American revert who happens to also be transgender. I started my transition when I was 28 years old and later reverted to Islam. More specifically, I identify as third gender and female presenting. My pronouns are she, her, they, them. The International Transgender Day of Remembrance is an annual observance that falls on the 20th of November. 
On this day, we honor the memory of transgender women and men whose lives were lost in acts of anti-trans violence. Generally speaking, in the Muslim world, trans folks are marginally tolerated. <clears throat> Many of us live in fear of sexual abuse, police brutality, abandonment by our families, and unempathetic or incompassionate care from the healthcare system. I would like to start this conversation with some startling statistics that have been compiled by TGEU, Transgender Europe. This data was compiled from January 2008 up until September 2020. During this time period, there has been over 3,664 murders of transgender and gender diverse people worldwide. Remember, these are documented and registered deaths. There are many, many more that go unreported and are undocumented. When it comes to violence against transgender identified persons, we can narrow down the motives for violence into three specific themes or categories. They are as follows. Sex workers, race, and migratory status. Of the 3,664,000 plus murdered trans folks, 60% were sex workers. 97% targeted trans women or trans feminine presenting individuals. In the USA, as in most nations, 89% were trans women of color. Areas of the world with the highest rate of murder of trans folks are Asia and the Americas, with Brazil ranking number one. The age ranges of these victims have been documented as being as young as eight years old and ending somewhere around the age of 80, with a median age of being 30 years old. That is way too young to die. If you're wondering where most of the violent acts occurred, 41% of the attacks happened in the street with witnesses all around. 21% happened in the trans person's own residence. And sadly, 6% occur on a highway, freeway, or expressway. There is very little to no data for violence against trans persons in predominantly Muslim majority nations. We do have some data for Muslim nations and number one is Pakistan with 70 documented cases. However, we know for a fact that number can easily be tripled. Next up is Turkey with 54 cases. There have also been documented reports in Saudi Arabia, Bangladesh, Malaysia, Indonesia, the Central Asian Republics, and of course within the Muslim populations of the United Kingdom, the United States of America, and Canada. Now, let's briefly discuss transgender folks in Islam. <clears throat> I am not an Islamic scholar, so please excuse any of my errors, for only Allah truly knows best. Citing an editorial published in June 2020 by Asia Aimani M. Zaharin and Maria Palota Chiaroli, there is no direct reference in the Holy Quran prohibiting the changing of one's gender. 
If you believe Allah is perfect and does not make mistakes, this means they created each person with perfect love and perfect intention. Following this logic, if Allah created all people as they are, then you must also logically believe that Allah created trans people. We don't say people who are born with a cleft palate or those who undergo amputations and people who have plastic surgery are haram. So why is this only applied to people who alter their birth sex? Remember, gender is in the brain. Sex is determined within seconds of birth and assigned to you by what is only visible to the attending physician. Why is correcting your physical appearance to match your internal gender haram while surgically fixing a cleft palate or having a rhinoplasty for correcting a quote-unquote deviated septum acceptable? Now let's examine the Arabic words mukanat, mukanit, and kunta. Please excuse my Arabic. I'm not fluent in it. Mukanat is an effeminate man who behaves like a woman. A mukanit is a person who physically changes their biological gender, and a kunta is intersex person. These terms are used in the hadith, hadith and also in the Holy Quran. It's recognized that there exist people who are neither male or female and or non-procreative. Akima, Ikam, and Ukama, which can be translated as infertile, barren, sterile, and ineffectual. Surah 42, Ash Shura, the consultation, Ayat verses 49 through 50, the dominion of the heavens and the earth belong to Allah. He creates whatever he pleases. They grant females to whomever. They grant males, males to whomever. Or he grants a mix of genders and causes whomever he pleases to be barren. Allah is all-knowing and all-powerful. Let us not forget that there are fatwas that have been issued by Islamic councils and bodies in Iran, Egypt and Pakistan granting transgenders visibility, equality, and rights to marriage and or inheritance. I would like to end this conversation remembering some of the murdered transgender folks who have been victimized and re-victimized for how they lived their lives and who they simply were. Musa, age 14, was murdered on April 4, 2020 in Faisalabad, Pakistan. Musa was physically and sexually abused, then beaten to death in front of their guru's or mentor's house. Mira was age 43, murdered on July 4, 2020 in Jakarta, Indonesia. A group of five to six men attacked Mira after someone accused her of stealing a wallet and cell phone. The men beat her with a wooden club, poured gasoline on her, and burnt her alive in her home. Hiravas, whose age is unknown, was murdered on September 5, 2020 in Jharmoon, Pakistan. 
Nevaas was beaten and her body was dumped in a well. Aisu Mamadi, age 28, was murdered on June 18, 2020. Aisu was a sex worker and her killer stabbed her 11 times in the head, neck, heart, and back. Then he called her friends and phoned his family to confess to the crime. Pia, age 20, was murdered on August 18, 2020 in Kamoke, Pakistan. Pia was shot at close range by a group of men in her own home. Neil Chowdhury, age unknown, was an artist and a dancer. She was murdered on August 27, 2020 in Muzaffar Pakistan. She was shot and left for dead. Ghul Parana, age 35, an artist and dancer, was murdered on September 8, 2020. Her location was unknown. They shot her and her friend. However, her friend was able to somehow survive. Saad, age 32, was also a dancer and artist. They were murdered on September 10, 2020 in Swabi, Pakistan. Saad was murdered by their 14-year-old brother after returning home from dancing at an event in Rawalpindi. These are only a few of the many reported cases of violence against trans folks. It is the re-victimization by the police and coroners that make the majority of others go undocumented. In closing, I thought it would be fitting to end our talk on the Trans Day of Remembrance with a dua. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. O Allah, forgive every dead person who does not find someone to pray for them. Surely we belong to Allah, and to Him we shall return. Amen. I would like all the listeners to remember to please follow us on social media at Hadaya LGBT. Thank you for listening. And as we said, if uh, that is making you suffer at all, uh, the Samaritans are available uh, both in the UK and Ireland. You can call 116-123. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Uh, that's a Wonderful Life by Hertz. Yeah, very sad if you listen to the words. And it's, um, although they're from up north, the band, um, that was set in Bristol. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, the song is. Yeah, must apologise for the quality of that previous item. Um, but I thought it was still worth airing because oh, of its yeah. content. It was very, very powerful. It was, it was powerful and needed. And uh, it's just when they listed all yeah. of... Mm. All of those, I just, I just, it brings back into my memory that, like, it, it's still I think uh, we were all tearing up yeah. Yeah, I did yeah, when I, I heard it first, and I heard it again, and it still made me cry, and I'm feeling it again now. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's so sad, this world of, of hatred. 
But we're creating a better one. <laughs> yes, we are. I do believe yeah. that. One broadcast at a time. One broadcast yes. at a time. Because yeah. we're Shout Out Radio. LGBT. I like that, that link slide wait? in there, Laura. <laughs> and have you heard about this new injection this week? Yes. Uh, the, uh, you're oh about the HIV one. HIV one. Mm. Finally, yeah. they decide that um, HIV is worth looking at. Uh, that, that's not fair. I know, it's I know, fair. I know. They've I been know. looking into this for a long time. Yeah, yeah in, in, in short. Terry, do you want to give us a kind of synopsis of the article yes. you've been reading yes, about? Well, we, you? Yes, the BBC published this afternoon, and so have our friends over at Terence Higgins Trust got some great information online, uh, which says that thousands of people will be offered a new injection, which is long-lasting, uh, in replacement for several oral-administered drugs at the yeah. moment, you see. Uh they estimate that about 13,000 people in England alone, not mm. counting Wales, Scotland and, and Ireland, will be able to make the switch. Now, I can't pronounce the names of the drugs, so you'll forgive me, mm. but I won't go into that. You're uh, But uh, <laughs> injections could take place every two months. Mm. So somebody that's taking two drugs at the moment on a daily basis could have just six injections a year. Oh. Uh, Professor Chloe Orkin, who is at Queen Mary University in London, said it would release people living with HIV from the burden of of daily oral therapy and offer them instead, as we said, six treatments a year. And uh, Dr. Sanjay Bagani from the European AIDS Clinical Society said, stigma remains a significant issue, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. for people with HIV, and taking tablets may be difficult for some. This offers an injectable alternative for many people, so it's really very welcome. I'm really glad that they've actually done this. We shouldn't knock it, because, I mean, when when some of the earlier treatments weren't just one pill a day. I I remember having friends you take six or eight or ten pills I'm not knocking it. No, no, I'm not saying you were. I'm, no. I'm not saying in general. No. But to suddenly go from that to having injection where it lasts two months is it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. You know? um, I mean, we really should be able to eradicate AIDS, which is the build-up that can kill people. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and then if we can actually put a stop to HIV, apparently the rates dropped quite a lot because of COVID, because we were all locked up mm-hmm. um, so much. And I know that um, BioNTech, that was a company that teamed up with um, Pfizer to make the Pfizer-BioNTech injection that a lot of us had um, they do have that same technology on their list to apply to HIV in the hope that um, what we've done with um, um, COVID and the vaccines yeah. there can be applied to it did HIV. take them a long time to study it though but yeah it it's, I'm glad it's a that very I, complex virus from, from what I'm told yeah. uh, In, interestingly conversely as I understand it COVID researchers looked at the research that was done over many years on HIV, HIV yeah. To, yeah. to understand the COVID virus. So, uh, so. I mean, the, the, that's great. The, the, um, yeah. the AstraZeneca one was um, Ebola. Um, yeah, they yeah and Ebola as well. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. they're all kinds of. I, I, it goes a bit above me, but I, I know that they're very complex, very different. Um, um, and uh, vaccines, aren't they? Um, yeah, they across are. the spectrum. But, um, vaccines can be very complicated, mm. and it does take a lot of research, and it is the amount of money that's invested in that yeah. research. You know what I mean? But I'm so glad that it's now an injection because so many. Pe- I mean, some people might fear needles, so unfortunate for them. But like, it is good that you can have. It's just that there's the option, isn't it? Yeah. That people now have an option to do this. And And who wants to take an oral something every day? Well, you see, you say that, you see, but you see, we've got PrEP now, which is an oral drug. If if, if you're not aware of PrEP, um, we've still got our shout out after darts up on the website that that, uh, talk about it. But um, um, you can actually get a a pill that you can take that can help you from getting HIV in the first place. Oh, thank God. Which is well worth doing. That's right. Uh, Anyway, that's it for this week. But as always, there is a 
loads more on our website. Check it out and catch up with our podcast at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Uh, next week it's World AIDS Day. Uh, but from myself and the rest of the team, say bye bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Goodbye, lovelies. Shout out. LGBT radio for you.